What's up, everyone? Welcome to Shockcast, episode 12. My name's Luke and Taldi. Joining us tonight, we've got Giuseppe Nelva and... Hello, everyone. Ryan. The beautiful, the one and only Ryan Meitzler. I don't actually know if that's true. Are you the only Ryan Meitzler? Uh, no, there's definitely there's definitely other ones. I think there's one that's like a doctor somewhere I've gotten confused for, but I don't know. It's like... So I shouldn't let you have looked at my body naked. That's... Wasn't medically kosher. Let's move All on. Right. Good night, everyone. I'm leaving. <laughs> Bye. <It was> like... <laughs> it was All fun. right. So anyway, welcome to the Shockcast. Today we're talking digital versus physical media, mostly games, of course. Uh, and yeah, how we feel All about games. it. <laughs> how we feel about it. Where we think it's going. What are the benefits? What are the downsides? Um, so before we get started in that, uh, we're gonna do go into a little bit of logistical things. First off. If you're listening to this on pat, on podcast, you're listening to it the wrong way. You should be watching us. We go live on Twitch every Wednesday at 8.30 p.m. Uh, come, be part of the community, chat with us. We read all of your comments, no matter how much we may disagree with them on the podcast. Uh, also, uh, just some house cleaning rule stuff and all that. Uh, there might be a little bit of interruption with staff, and by that I mean I'm not going to be here next week, maybe the week after, also maybe the week after that, uh, only because I got a job besides Dual Shocker, so I got to do a little bit of moving, and also I have to take the bar exam, so you may not see my beautiful face. He's going face. to fail the bar exam. I'm going to fail the bar exam. Uh <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I've already got it drilled into my head, so I won't get disappointed. That said, uh, you're going to be seeing uh, a lot of Giuseppe. Ryan, I believe, is going to be the interim host. Uh, and maybe we'll get another member of the staff on the podcast, too. We'll see. They'll see how that works out. They're going to be in charge of it. They may not give it back. Um, all right, so let's go into it. What have you guys been playing? Ryan, what have, what have you been doing lately? Um, let's see. I've been playing, uh, well, it was a good thing having the... Ryan is dying. Ryan's dying. All right, so Giuseppe, what have you been doing? Ryan is Weekend, dead. last weekend. I got a oh, lot of games done off my backlog. I, just quickly, I finished, uh... What's that? What? Am I... Hello? Oh, am I, am I back? Sorry? Hello? You, you're kind hello? of lag. Can you hear me? I'm lagging? <laughs> yeah, okay. You're back, oh. but lagging a bit. All right, so... What were you playing? Are you are you are you here uh, okay. now? Are you I, I hope so. I hope yeah, so. You seem Am to I? Be active. Okay. 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 Uh, anyway, so I was saying, Fourth uh, July long weekend was really nice. So I got to finish uh, Final Fantasy X HD. So I got to finish that. Uh, I finished The Witcher Two. Uh, I started Witcher Three. So now I'm gonna be playing that for like four months. Uh, I thought you then... weren't available to write because you had something engagement <laughs> with your family or something. Well, Fourth of July, yeah, the weekend that was fine. So, um, I mean, at some point, and then, uh, yeah, at some point, The Witcher is your family. Yeah, basically, yeah. Um, and then I also have been playing uh, Lego Star Wars: The Force Awakens for review, which will be going up very soon. Awesome. Okay. Uh, how about you, Giuseppe? Uh, well, yesterday I actually got a straight review copy for uh, Sony Comi, mm. which is a interesting game which actually a surprisingly good good game interesting uh, so I, i'm going to write a review soon what is it about basically, i've never Sonic heard of it it's a super sonic game basically have you ever seen that uh, like a ma japanese mascot girl with like super big uh, boobs and uh, i feel hair? like there's a, there's there's a lot of those that is like... no, yeah. but this one is peculiar because she 
She always has these hats, headphones on her on her head. All right, so we've narrowed it down, but I'm still not yeah, entirely basically, sure. Basically, in this game, you're 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 a photographer, and you have to uh, take pictures of this girl. Mm-hmm. It actually has a pretty deep, like uh, like kind of rhythm-like mini game within it. It's kind of funny. I still have to play more of it, but it's more promising than what I expected gameplay-wise. Visuals are nice, definitely. So it's it's definitely a fan fan service game, but it it has the depth that maybe that um, that our live extreme tree lacked for yeah. now for my preliminary like idea. The story is nice. We'll have to see. I have to delve deeper into it, and then I'll let you know. And then I've been playing quite a bit of Black Desert Online. Um, someone is sending me messages. Who's sending me messages? I assume it's Ryan. Oh, ah, it's yeah. Ryan. Ryan is lagged. Ryan, do something to your line. All right. Uh, um, I've been playing quite a few, quite a few things, like a little bit of Black Desert Online. Well, a lot of Black Desert Online. Then, uh, um, let's see, quite a bit of Witcher Three still. Uh, still. Um, Blood and wine. Trying right? to finish. Yeah, Blood and Wine because it's pretty bad. It's big. I mean, you you wouldn't expect it's it's an expansion, and you say, yeah, it's gonna be four or five hours of gameplay. Yeah. Fuck it. No, it's it's a ton of gameplay. It's it's basically a game in itself, which is yeah. like basically they are giving you a full game on top of the game for the price of a, of a DLC, which is great. Yeah, right. I remember but they said I, I they said it was going to be like 30 hours, right? Around there. Yeah, like, it's, 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 it's taking like me this, even longer than that. That's a full yeah. game by itself. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's great. That CD Projekt really know how to treat their customers, that's for sure. Yeah. And that's it. Okay, I'm going to throw a little curveball in here with the games that I've been playing. And uh, for the most part, I haven't been playing a ton of games. Um, I've been doing a lot of studying. So generally, I'll go in for like a 15-minute shallow experience. I'll go play a little bit of Rocket League, a little bit of Destiny, because mm-hmm. you don't have to really concentrate to play Destiny. Um, I could do that, in fact, while listening to lectures. But the thing that I added new this week is Watch Dogs, the original game. Oh. Yeah. I've That's ne- not a game you can play in 15 minutes, though. No, it's not. So it's like if, I, if I'm super restless at night and I just need something to help me sleep, sometimes, you know, something tire my eyes out, I go and play it. Um, don't know what to think about it yet. Uh, I've only played a few hours in, so I can't make summary judgments on it. Uh, I could see where the criticisms of it are coming in, and there's really a lot to do in the game. Like, uh, I... Am distracted from the main mission all the time because I'm too busy fighting AR aliens and well, stuff. Welcome to open war games. Yeah, but this one in particular, I, I don't know. I, I'm still trying to form opinions on it, but it, it hasn't been awful so far. I, I didn't expect it to be awful. It's not an awful game. I, I mean, you know how the internet is. Uh, things right. Either, either are incredibly good or they suck. So. Right. Yeah, exactly. So I kind of went in with very low expectations. I bought the game for maybe eight bucks or something on a Sony sale. So I'm happy with my purchase so far. Good. All right. So let's get we into move to the main topic. Yes, let's get into the meat of the matter. So the main topic, as we discussed, is digital versus physical. Everyone, uh, at least since the last generation, have been talking about the digital revolution. How we are going to slowly be phasing out physical. Uh, so let's just throw down the gauntlet to begin with. Is that possible? Is that going to happen? Are we going to ditch physical completely? 
Well, physical, completely digital is impossible for now, uh, because simply because of the internet speeds. Mm-hmm. Like there like is. Yours. Well, actually, I <laughs> my I I have I I'm in a pretty decent position compared to others mm-hmm. because my download is not terrible. I have a 20 megabit ADSL, so download I I download as one one megabyte per second more or less when I'm lucky. So that's not super terrible. But the the, the advantage I have is that I, I uh, here in Italy there is no internet caps, right? So I can download like 60 gigabytes without any problem in one day without any problems. Uh, the only problem is how much I'm, how long I'm gonna take to download it. But the problem is that uh, the the problem is not just speed. So the problem the problem is also that there is people that have caps. Yeah. If you can, if if you have 30 gigabytes a month, and uh, I don't know what the common cap is in the U.S. I heard people have 30. I have pe- I heard people have 100. I have people that have uh, something like that. But there is a lot of people that, have, that are capped still in the U.S., in the U.K., in a lot of even major countries. So and those people are not going to download a 50 gigabytes game. Or right. uh, um, like as a regular occasion. So until uh, as long as uh, internet is capped, and as long as there are many nations in which the internet is low, combined, I don't think it's possible for companies to safely go full digital. Of course, some, a lot of companies do only digital for a simple reason that they have niche games that wouldn't be worth releasing physical. But uh, companies that want to keep a foothold in those households that don't really have a good internet connection or they have caps or stuff like that, they need to still go physical. Yeah, I'm actually I, I'm in a unique position to speak about this more now so than ever. Uh, because part of the move that I talked about earlier, uh, I'm moving from New York to Nashville. By New York, New Jersey, there's no caps for the most part. We're living in mostly metropolitan areas. And even though Nashville... Um, is pretty metropolitan for Tennessee. Uh, there, up until last month, there was a 300 gigabyte gap. Yes, uh, sorry. Cap, uh, and then now there's a terabyte gig uh, terabyte gap uh, cap, which is not too a month. bad. A month, yeah. Uh, which, I do a terabyte in like five days. Yeah, that's not awful. Uh, also, I mean, we're coming up to the point, I think, in Nashville where Google Fiber is coming in, uh, which is no cap at all, super fast speeds. But the point I'm getting here uh, is I think you're c- completely right. It all matters about infrastructure. Uh, there's going to be major backlash uh, if people are going all digital or if developers are going all digital because uh, I'm already planning on most of my library is digital. I'm already planning on bulking up on a hard drive and uh just having that ready with all my games so i don't have to download it when i get to tennessee um yeah so yeah, yeah. what do you think ryan what about you ryan yeah i think i'm in um you know for a while i was big on the the physical train like pretty much uh all of last generation i pretty much almost exclusively bought physical except for like digital only games and stuff like that now i think i'm going a bit more toward i have I'd say if I had to put it in a percentage, it would be like 70% digital and 30% physical. So physical I mostly get for just games that I'm really looking forward to, like Uncharted or Bloodborne or stuff like that. 
Um, I think mostly just for like Lou, like uh, I guess like Lou said, just um, I think it's a lot easier to have digital stuff on a hard drive rather than sixty boxes of games all over the place. Uh, I just don't have the room to keep a bunch of those games. Um, but I think for other benefits too, like obviously you get things like Steam sales, like we just had uh, this last last two weeks, um, where it's just so easy to be able to get games really cheap, which is obviously like probably one of the biggest benefits of going digital. Well, if you if you look at that though. Physical has the, has the same benefit in another way. You can get pre-owned stuff at GameStop. That's true too. Yeah, but I think it's also just the convenience of digital. The fact that you can just you can get it instantly oh, yeah. for. Five I mean, bucks, both have you know. their own, their own, uh, their own advantages, right? Yeah, sure. Right. Of price, price-wise, I think price is pretty even because one gets like you still get sales in physical, like a brick and mortar still get sales once once in a while. Yeah, but yeah. like Black Friday <laughs> or stuff like that. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, and you, you also have the pre-owned factor that pretty much, I think, kind of balances out Steam sales and stuff like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I asked the comments really quickly because we just mentioned what we've been doing. Um, Graxaplan says, I've been all digital this gen. Preloading is important to me. Meanwhile, Dalo says, I buy physical to cut down on bandwidth since all games have patches anyway. That's definitely true. Yeah, definitely. And moreover, there is one other thing. Uh, definitely, publishers now want us to go physical, digital, because it costs them yeah. less, mm-hmm. and uh, and they and they are willing to kind of give back for that, uh, some more than others. I don't think any anyone is really going to part with the monetary benefit of uh, us buying digital. Like, I don't think digital is ever going to make games be cheaper. Well, The Witcher. Wasn't it? Uh, no, not really. The Witcher is, was costed like a normal game. I thought I it was ten percent cheaper or something digital. Mm, but that, no, I, think yeah, that was, I think that was just if you. I think that was just if you pre-ordered it before. Okay. It came out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but still, that's that's kind of that's very small ten percent. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's definitely not what develop what uh, like publishers save by going physical, uh, digital. But the thing is that. Uh, they still give us advantages. Like if you look at Microsoft now with the, the Play Anywhere, if you get it digital, you can get a Xbox One and PC copy of the same game for one uh, for for the price of one. That's a pretty sizable advantage of of, of uh, going digital. Right. They could do it with physical as well. Of course, it's not in their interest in their interest, so they don't. Like they could, they could simply put a like if you if you look at DVDs or um, or Blu-rays, uh, uh, like I think uh, Sony has it and others. Like they they also give you a digital copy with the yeah. Blu-ray. That's that's pretty much with most nowadays. Now it's usually you get like a Blu-ray, a DVD, and a digital. A copy record or something so, too. Yeah, I'm, yeah, looking yeah. At the, I'm looking at the Italian market, which is still smaller. So I don't know in the US how it happens, yeah. but. At, they could do it for games as well, mm-hmm. but of course they don't because it's not convenient for them. So even if it's not an advantage that is like uh, naturally associated with digital, it's something that like companies associate with digital. So we like practically it's an advantage of digital. Right. Uh, small interjection here uh, for everyone watching live right now. Uh, and interested, Pokemon Go is officially on the U.S. I.O. Um, app store. So oh. uh, go ahead and download that if you want to try it out. All right, so let's keep going. Pokemon. 
All right. Um, so what are the situations where you prefer to buy physical over digital? Uh, it sounds like there's not a huge difference right now, but are there clear differences about when you prefer physical and when you prefer digital? I will be honest here. I don't have a preference. I mean, I will play a game uh, anywhere I can play it. Uh, honestly, I, I don't. I don't think there is a situation in which I I prefer one of the over the other. It's mostly do I have time to go out and grab it? Uh, do I want to? I mean, do I want to uh, just you know download it on the fly? Is there pre a preload uh, or uh, you know even just at times I'm forced to have the, the game physical because they just send it and like Sony sends us like the, their their infamous. Preview, review copies that are like this that don't even have the fancy case they're just a <laughs> case that looks like crap right. I have a mountain of this <laughs> so these are only physical and it's not a purchase but they're still there and they're, they're like pile up uh, but yeah normally for me there is absolutely no difference also like if a, if a company can give me a game like Japanese games are, are a big example most Japanese games are not convenient like the if if the publisher had only a physical the physical option, they wouldn't even bring them around, bring them to the to the U.S. and to Europe. So if uh, if it's an, a chance to get a game that I normally wouldn't get, mm -hmm. uh, absolutely bring it bring it digital. I'm gonna thank you too. I, I'm absolutely I have absolutely no problem getting digital games. I mean I I'm a PC gamer first and foremost. Right. So I now PC is is a physical. Physical purchases on PC are absolutely dead. Most physical games on PC, at the moment, they just have a Steam code inside. Yeah. Like they give you the box and everything, but yeah. they have a Steam code inside and still need to download it. <laughs> Which is ridiculous, but that's how it is. How so, yeah, for me, I've never been a collector's edition guy. If I want like little statues, art books, and whatnot, I just buy them separate. Mm -hmm. Go to eBay or something. No, no, no! I, I don't buy those statues inside the collector's edition. Right. Like I want a statue of a game, I just buy a statue of that game from a, a dedicated a dedicated manufacturer that does statues that are better than the, than the one you find in collector's edition in a way. All right. How about you, Ryan? What What's the differentials for you when you want to go collector um, physical over digital? See, I think that's the thing is like I don't I like I I think I'm the same where I, I don't really have much of a preference. Um, obviously, it kind of depends on. Is that again? Dead again. Like with uh, again? our situation, working in games, you know, writing and press and all that. Where dead again? Am I? <laughs> am, I am I coming in? Hello. You're coming better. in now. It's now no. it's better. Oh, okay. like you, you oh, have sorry. a bit of lag, and then you. Then yeah, you'll... it's it's been okay. breaking up on me a little bit tonight. So sorry for the lag. Um, Giuseppe, can you fire anyway, him? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> I um I I don't have much of a preference for physical over digital. Um, you know, I think lately I've been favoring digital more just for, you know, like I said before. Um, I think a big part of it too is just that like with us being in games writing and all, um, you know, sometimes we get digital game, uh, you know, so whether we get digital copies of games for review or physical, which is, you know, tends to be depends on who you get them from pretty much. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it, I know Raxalpon in the comments he said usually a good uh, collector's edition might sway me to buy physical is what he said uh, I feel like if I did buy collector's editions that would definitely be the way to go for me uh, I, I don't buy them just because I most of the time I don't need any of the stuff that uh, that's inside of them cheap. The, 
The, <laughs> I mean that too. I like I like just getting the standard version. The only one that I almost did get was the Fallout Collector's Edition. I did almost purchase, but I I resisted. I didn't, you know, dive in right. and get that. Um, I'm trying to remember what the last Collector's Edition I got. Oh, I know mine right off the I top think, of my head. Yeah, I know you I got the Overwatch one. You got the Overwatch one. Yeah, the only one I almost got was for The Last of Us, but the GameStop that I got it from messed up my order, so they had to give me the standard edition. So, unfortunately, that was the only one I almost bought, but since then I haven't bought any. Um, but yeah, I think I, I mostly go my for last collector edition is a relic. What is it? I can't even see what it is. It's very blurry. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, like, wait, there it is. That's, the, that's like the, not the new one. It's the old one. This is, this is 2010. <laughs> right. Um, but I think as Giuseppe mentioned, like with PC games, that's like, you know, obviously PC games uh, is pretty much a digital-only marketplace at this point. Like, even if you buy, do buy a physical game, it's just a code inside. Um, but I think also that I like the benefit of having with PCs is that with my Steam library, if I get, you know, because I do want to eventually build a, build a gaming PC, um, and knowing that I have a whole library of games I can take with me that'll just work on that platform is what I like about it versus with um, consoles where it tends to be, you know, not as, you don't get everything. Like, obviously, with Xbox, we're getting some stuff through backwards compatibility, but not everything that I've bought. So I like that, you know, my Steam library from machine to machine will pretty much always go with me. Right. Until Valve goes bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. Hopefully not. We cross, cross, <laughs> cross our fingers. So but think, think about this. I mean, just, just think about this, okay? Valve, for, some, for any reason, I'm not, I'm not hoping that. I, I'm not hoping that. But think about this. If Valve goes bankrupt, mm-hmm. like that would be a tragedy. Not just because like, uh, Valve itself goes bankrupt because they don't make games anymore, so who cares? <clears throat> no, I'm, I, I'm kidding. But uh, but they just all the our Steam libraries. What what would happen with them? That was my dissertation actually. That's a I could I could speak to uh, forever on that. But yeah, that that's currently a very hotly debated uh, thing in law right now. Do you own any digital property? Um, even do you own this physical property, which um, which are really bound by EULAs. Um, most physical property CD, uh, you know, the actual discs themselves, you're not allowed to sell by their end-user licensing agreement, uh, like resell it and trade it in to GameStop, but no one enforces it. So, yeah, they're, they're, might they're not be... legal as far as I know, right? Like, most, most the ULA could be overthrown by a court as far as I know. Exactly. Heard. It's called click-wrap contracts, and while some are valid, some of them... Uh, are unconscionable. Some of them contain terms that uh, that make no sense. For instance, whenever you go on Steam, it doesn't say uh, click here to license this for a set period of time. It says click here to buy it. So you think that you own it permanently. Um, so yeah, that there would chances, good chances, be a very good lawsuit on people's hands if Steam or iTunes or Amazon ever went under. Uh, and there have been very few cases on it so far, so no one really knows. I'm going to read some comments, though. Um, Dalo says, I generally go for digital if they're a, if they're a sell, but with J- uh, Japanese games like Vita games, I'll buy them. Um, I think I would buy more digital games if there was a way to buy uh, DLPSN codes, downloadable PSN codes, so I can buy games for my friends without paying shipping and handling. Um so yeah, 
that I think those are great points. Uh, a lot of people consider whether they want to, you know, it's a, it's a risky purchase for some people to buy games. They don't have a disposable income. So a lot of times they want to buy physical because they know they can sell it back. I haven't sold a game back since 2009, I think. I keep all my bad, trashy games. Um, yeah, the last games I've sold were PS2 games. I wanted to buy my PS3. <laughs> right. That's because the PS, that's because I bought the PS3 on day one, and it was fucking costly. Mm-hmm. Like, it was 600 euros, something like that. So, yeah, <laughs> I actually sold games to get it, and I sold my one of my PS2s as well. But it, it, like, to, to recoup a little bit of that, like, blood-sucking from Sony. Damn Kudaragi. Right. Um, so... I never went into my rationale. Generally, I buy all digital games. Um, I, I have a fair amount of physical games on my shelf. Some of them were sent to me, uh, and that's part of the positions on, ver- on this site and various other sites. But most of the time, I buy digital, uh, mainly because of the deals. I, I think that this generation, above all others, have had some of the best sales. Things that are starting to approach the quality of a Steam sale. Um for instance, I, I don't think I've went a week straight without buying something at least on a PlayStation Network sale, uh, be it you know a two ninety nine purchase or a fifty dollar purchase. Um, so yeah, I that's really my main motivating factor. The other one, the other one, and I know it's going to be the case, is going to be the data caps, and that's something I'm going to have to. Uh, be more conscious of now. I think AAA games and collector's editions, things that I know I'm going to love, I'm more inclined to buy physical. Just because I like having physical media uh, when it's something I'm proud of or I know I'm going to be happy about. But yeah, I, I don't... That that may seem like an arbitrary distinction, but uh, I'm yeah, sure... I mean, it's it's taste in the end. Yeah. I mean, the, you, you, hit, you hit the nail on the head. There is no real distinction between physical and digital in the end it's it's say it's a uh, taste convenience uh, whether you want an item related to a game or not whether you want a little box to 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 have something to show for it or to 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 show on your on your shelf or not mm-hmm. it's just a matter of taste and uh, some 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 developers and publisher will support it like there is a uh, nice america and uh, atlas at times uh, actually uh, axes they they do some they they try to some really fancy collector's edition even if their games are super niche uh, meaning that i i don't know how how they make money off of it but they they still do it and they support kind of niche and that's great that they do i'm absolutely in favor of uh, people having options i i'm not in favor of going digital only because it would remove option from people even if i don't you personally use that option it's great for people to have them yeah, I, I think that's the important thing is options are important to people. People enjoy going – I as much as I hate going out to GameStop, I don't want to be asked whether I want insurance coverage on a disc or something. Would you like, would you like our game protection for one, for one euro and half uh, if the game scratches or breaks or blah, blah, blah? Uh, yeah. I know. My, one, of my, one of my best friends is actually a GameStop store manager. So I'm sorry. I, no, he's great. He's great. <laughs> but but he, he laughs about it more than I do because the game production is like ridiculous. But the fact is that uh, I one of the things that that kind of we kind of lost with digital is uh, just go to the game store and hanging out. 
Mm-hmm. Like I used to spend a lot of time when I was younger going to GameStop or before there was GameStop at other, other stores and just hang out with the owner and other people that just went there to to buy. Like we had a little a little bit of a like a, a company when when we were like a little bit of a group when when the, I was younger. Just people that went to GameStop and uh, after after hanging out GameStop we went down and watched a movie at the, at the theater or went out having dinner or on Saturday night went out to dance or drink, you know? Right. It, it was a place, it was a social place. Now that social place is is Steam or PSN or uh, or Xbox or Xbox Live. Mm-hmm. There, we kind of lost that idea of games being social physically. Like, with physical games going kind of out of fashion, we don't go to shops anymore, so shops are less of a physical gathering place, you know? I actually, uh, here in Italy we have very rarely, very, very rarely, like the midnight launches, um, because that's something more than the US. At, time, at very rare times it happens, and when it happens I actually enjoy looking at them, just, just going there and see some people and having fun. Uh, unfortunately I don't have much time anymore, but I really enjoy just going to the game store and hanging out. Even maybe if, at times you didn't even buy anything, and and since the the game the the store the store manager was my friend, he didn't really care. But it was fun just to be there, meet other people, talk about games. You know, uh, yeah, it was great. Uh, speaking of other things, I think we're slowly lo- actually we've completely lost if we're being honest about it. Uh, in the shift to all digital, is physical manuals. Mm-hmm. Oh my well, god! Well, those those were lost before. <laughs> I know, and those were lost before the the shift to digital. And and it was probably a cost cutting measure, which I think is unnecessary at this point because costs have never been lower, and that's because digital. We'll get to that eventually, but I mean that was my whole reason for the longest time of wanting to buy a game physicals because I love the manuals. I've always read the manuals from start to finish as a kid, you know, with my Super Nintendo and my Game Boy games, and that's something that's hard to part with. That's probably why I buy collector's editions, because they all come with some sort of art book or uh, manual or something like that. But there is absolutely something lost, um, be it flippable cover art or steelbook or whatever, Mm that I, I always hated steelbooks. A lot of people hate steelbooks. I know people. I mean, they don't look with the rest of my library. Come on. <laughs> I know people who would actually buy the steelbooks, uh, and then trade, and then buy the regular one, and then switch the cases and return the steelbook version because mm. they just didn't like. Didn't like it. Yeah. yeah. That's um, weird. The only I would say the only game I can really think of recently that I bought physically that did that kind of thing was like The Witcher because I remember I bought it and because that came with a map, it came with stickers, it came with the little like note from CD Projekt Red. I was like, I remember uh, when I I, uh, I bought it and I held the game. And I was like, oh, this is heavy. It's like way heavier than usual like boxes because it came with all this like extra stuff that what you don't normally really? see in other games at this point. Mm-hmm. Was a pretty great like pretty great physical edition back in time. Yeah, that was like it just that was just in the standard version of the game. Like it wasn't even the collector's edition. My, my Warhammer one. This, oh, this wow. thing's like this thing's this thing's super heavy. Like this is when when I actually bought physical edition back in time. It was mostly MMORPGs, which is funny because it's PC stuff. But they actually had some really great uh, collector's edition back in time. Like this one is the Age of Conan one. 
Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's they, really they nice. Boxes with big art books and stuff like that. And I actually like it. But I, it was another age than when we had, like, you know, uh, different times, physical, digital wasn't much of an option back then. So now, now if if I want the, the fancy art books, that's great. I can just buy the fancy art book because normally they are offered separately in some form. Even if it's not the same art book, if you want the art, you, you can get it somehow. Or at times you can, you, you can, now there are digital art books too. Yeah, there like are. If you look at a lot of, a lot of the collector's edition on Steam, for instance, like the digital collector edition, they come with digital art books. Yeah, I, I still don't know how I like it. That's like mm. um, on it's the, the art. yeah, that's like on the Nintendo uh, 3DS. They all have manuals, like every game, uh, yeah. digital. And I read through them still for the for the most part. A lot of them have great hints, um, but it's not the same thing as actually having a manual. Oh, that's mm-hmm. true, but yeah. Um, I kind of miss the, the the manual, the the old manual from like uh, flight simulators. Those ga- those manuals were artistic. <laughs> but I think you guys weren't even born back then. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're like, young. If if you look some 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 flight simulators from back in time, that I don't know something like uh, uh, Falcon. Uh, 3.0. They really had manuals that were that were like one inch thick. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. Uh, even because you couldn't really even start playing without them, honestly. Right. Because you didn't even know how to start the plane. And I'm talking literally. <laughs> um. All right. So next question, and this is the main thing. Whenever I hear a reason why people aren't switching to digital, um, what I hear mostly is it's about cost. Uh, mm. when you're buying a game, uh, when you're buying a two or three month or a year old game, uh, cost is normally fine digital. In fact, it's normally cheaper, uh, across the board. But when you buy a game new, uh, digital games are the same price as physical, which hardly makes any sense in, if you think about it, um, because there's so much less, uh, costs behind digital games. You don't have, I mean... You still have advertising, but you don't need store space. You don't need the materials themselves. So let's talk about that. Um, Giuseppe, I'm sure you could give us some insight into why they're priced the same way. The price is the same way because it's convenient for the, for the, for the publisher. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. It's them padding their wallets is kind of what you're saying? Well, it's not that they're padding the wallets. They're recouping the costs for production because in the end, development... It's more is more and more costly nowadays, especially for AAA games. So very simply, they are <laughs> they are funneling the money they save by selling digital. They are funneling it into, you know, production. They they they, they are trying to make money. That's right. companies. People think that companies like um, pad their wallets. Companies don't really pad their wallets. Yeah, they pay dividends and benefits to executive developers, whatnot, definitely. But that's a normal thing. They did it. They do it now, and they did it before when when things were physical. Comp- most of the, most of the money goes goes to recoup the costs and invest in future games. Mm-hmm. It's it's a cycle. The money doesn't get put in a in a 
in a small bank in the Cayman Islands or something like that. Well, some of it is, of course, because companies need to retain the liquidity or something like that. But definitely, it's just a matter that the more people see companies as the enemy, and in part, they, of course, they have to make their own interests, and that's natural. So, but in part, as gamers, we should be happy that companies make more money. Because if company makes more money, they can put more money in their next game. They can keep the flow going. And the more money they can put in the, into their projects, the better game we get. Because in the end, money turns into into size at least. Maybe not into quality. Right. Of course, it turns into quality of assets, graphics and stuff like that, which is more like there is more of a one-to-one equation there. But it definitely turns into size, into scope. And so the, the the more money the companies make, the more the more uh, the bigger game we get, the better game we get, the more game we get. And sometimes, the more the more they are willing to invest into riskier projects because the big money. I I, I can't say Call of Duty because unfortunately Activision doesn't really do much much that. Oh, uh, you could say Assassin's Creed. I could say Assassin's Creed. The big money Assassin's Creed makes goes into making I don't know. Uh, Things like uh, Child of Light, Valiant Heart, Grow Up, Grow Exactly. Uh, like yeah. the big, big, big projects that are big and safe projects normally finance the risky ones. Then there are the risky ones that becomes runaway successes, and so they they pay for themselves. But the money, the the initial investment come from came from the big ones. Mm-hmm. So in the end, the more money companies make for honestly let's hope like not screwing us up um, screwing us out possibly but the more the game sells and the more a company makes a margin like I'm, I'm a lot happier to to have the margin that uh, the developer makes by selling me a digital game especially in its own marketplace uh, like the, the the money Sony makes by selling me a game on uh, on the PSN or the money Microsoft makes by selling me a game on the on Xbox Live, I'm much happier than it goes to Sony and to Microsoft and by and uh, indirectly to their developers than to GameStop <laughs> because mm-hmm. the, that are the money otherwise most of it goes to GameStop. Right, which is why I don't buy used as well because I don't want to give money to GameStop. Oh, that's awful! Yeah, I don't ever recommend buying used. Uh, Ryan, mm-hmm. do you have any uh, any more to add to that thought about uh, why why the prices are the same on day one? Is that Jim? I mean, I don't know. Like the the <laughs> my dead again. Sorry. Hello. No, you're, back? you're you're good now. Oh, I'm good. Okay. Is that again? All right. No, no, no. Uh, He's... Like... <sighs> All right. I'm gonna talk. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Go for it. All Sorry. Right. So I'm gonna take a, a small caveat approach to that, and I think a major reason why we see, uh, besides what Giuseppe said, that digital and physical games are the same price on day one, is that digital games have, at least in the U.S. Um, been subsidizing physical physical games for some time, um, it, though uh, it's it's at least some speculation. Um, physical game prices haven't went up. They've been completely immune to uh, immune to recession. It's been completely immune to inflation. Uh, it's 
actually very interesting to see that games have stayed $60 for so long. Uh, and the budgets have only been rising for them. So uh, a healthy theory for it, and it is still a theory, is just that the digital games themselves are helping keep the physical prices low. Uh, they pay for some of those production costs. They pay for uh, getting it, uh, getting the store space. So it's kind of a small price that the digital purchasers are, are paying for now. Um, but You're talking about getting the store space, but store space doesn't have a cost. Store space has it. To say, to put it in GameStop, they generally need to have like a section. Uh, you know, we got. Well, pay. yeah, but it's GameStop that pays for that. It pays for the physical space, yes, but I, I think. Uh, no, publishers don't pay GameStop for 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 getting that. Well, maybe they give GameStop some advantages, like mm -hmm. they they tell GameStop, oh yeah, we're gonna give you uh, this uh, this this pre-ordered bonus that's exclusive, you know. But I can definitely tell you, publishers don't pay GameStop for uh, I think, store shelf space. I think you could just say the things like you know, in terms of like manufacturing, you know, so having yeah, discs made, shipping, the boxes, shipping, stuff like that, shipping, yeah. stuff like that, like those kind of costs you have to pay. No, well, that's know. definitely yeah. a cost, absolutely. Yeah, I was I was a little weirded out by this idea idea of like paying for store for There is a payment, but it's normally in benefits. Like games, why GameStop got, does get. Uh, this or that pre-order exclusive. That's because GameStop pro promises Sony or Microsoft or whoever uh, we're gonna give you like a big, a big uh, centerpiece on our, in our shelves, so so you can have a bigger like you can have bigger visibility. That's why they get the stupid high, the uh, bonuses that I hate. I absolutely hate store specific oh, yeah. yeah, but yeah. yeah, but sorry, go ahead. It was, I was just a little weirded out by that notion. Yeah, no, that's that's all I was saying basically at the end is, um, is that I think that the digital games have been keeping the physical games so low, so, um, so yeah, that that's the whole spiel. Uh, Ryan, I got a question for you, mm -hmm. and hopefully, hopefully no issues. Dead. If there okay. are issues, just blink and we know that that something's wrong. Um, okay. all right, so. Feasibly, GameStop, uh, Am maybe Amazon can be in trouble when it comes to game sales. It seems like every year, digital sales are rising. Uh, what do you think is going to happen when that time comes? I mean, GameStop relies its entire business on physical sales. Uh, wh mm -hmm. Where do you think they move on from that? I mean, I think we've already started seeing this a little bit because at least, uh, like, I work near one of the bigger GameStops in New York City, and, you know, I've seen there that they've started uh, introducing selling other merchandise. So they sell, like, those Pop Funko things. Like, they're kind of expanding and selling other merchandise that they know that other gamers will, you know, will like. Right. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I think... I think part of it is that, you know, because we've seen sort of this digital shift in pretty much every other sort of medium where we've seen uh, with, you know, movies and TV where there are things like, you know, Netflix dominating, you know, most of, uh, you know, kind of overtaking home video uh, music. We saw this at least a decade ago when everyone was moving from, I you know, from CDs and physical media to iTunes. So 
you know, I do think that, you know, there will be a time and place where eventually games will follow a similar place. Not that I think that physical will completely go away, because I think as long as we have consoles, then we'll still have physical games. Like, I don't think they're going to go away. But I, I could see that maybe, um, you know, physical games will just be relegated to the, the big the big brick-and-mortar stores, like, you know, Walmart or Best Buy or those types of places. And maybe we could see, you know, companies like GameStop, you know, go under eventually, because obviously GameStop only sells games. Um you know, again, that, that's that's only time will tell whether that'll happen or not. Um, but you know, I think when you look at, at things like, um, actually, I'm seeing uh, who brought, Sam Grizzle brought it up, Blockbuster. Like, obviously, Blockbuster <laughs> went under because right. you know they didn't adapt to the you know the changes of the the marketplace itself. Uh, or even music stores are probably a good example too, where it's like now you know like Sam Goodies and Fye and those types of stores, like you rarely see those anymore because everyone's going to, moving on to digital marketplaces. Right. Actually, uh, GameStop. Uh, if you listen to their um, financial conference calls, they are already preparing for it. They they've been moving to digital a lot. They actually sell like digital codes, digital games. They they now now you can buy most big digital games at GameStop. They like do. You, yeah. They you can been, buy uh... you can buy a card with the code and 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 you have the game. Or they they also have their digital storefront on online. Uh, so that they they seem pretty confident from what I heard uh, on their calls that even if uh, the digital movement would progress to the point in which there is no more physical video game sales, that would be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, mean, I kind of believe them because they're big, they're, they they there is a long time to that moment, uh, so they have plenty of times to prepare. Yeah, they, for I mean, for a while they've had that where they've had like you could go in, you could buy digital games, or whether you buy like the you know the Xbox Live or the PSN, the uh, the store like the gift cards and stuff like that. So I think there is that, but I think it is just going to be a question of whether you know uh, whether people will want to go to a GameStop to you know, buy digital code what they could just get from their home like online. So that's uh, that's a question. That. So that's that's a, right. that's a valid question. Uh, yeah, but yeah, probably they're going. They're going to just move move towards the merchandise more and selling like electronics and stuff like that. Like they already do. They already have their electronic stuff. They sell table tablets, smartphones, and all that. So yeah. I, I think that I, I don't think they're gonna go under. We can we can make a bet on this if you want. I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's a fair question. I mean, they, it could go either way. Because I mean, also the other factor too is that even if they don't necessarily sell as much with software, like they still have to sell the hardware. Like yeah, no matter what, that you, you can't buy hardware digitally, so you know. Well, you, you can buy. It, well, I mean, you, you can, can buy online. You can order it, but you can order it, but not. I mean, you still have to get a physical. Thing. Yeah, soon you can just three D print it. Huh? That would be interesting having three D print. Well, I, I don't think you can three D print circuits. Not yet. And chips. Um. Yeah, so I think that was a great conversation on physical and digital. Of course, there are millions of other questions that we could ask, but maybe we want to go into the 8-bit idiot really quickly. Uh, yeah, uh, there was something I wanted to, to, to talk sure. about. Sure, final you. thoughts. I, I, I'm trying to remember what it is. Uh, and Ryan kind of died. I'm not okay. st- huh? Just his camera died, it looks like. There oh, he is. I, he's back. He's dead, Jim. Uh, but, um... What was that? Oh, no, I forgot. Let's go on. Okay, we're going to go on. We do if, if it comes back, I'll write an article about it. Of course. Okay, so we do have another 8-bit idiot this week. <laughs> um, 
this, uh, and we got a picture for you guys too. For those who are here for the first time, 8-Bit Idiot is our weekly segment where we highlight kind of a boneheaded thing in the industry. Um, someone doing something stupid. Of course, everyone has their bad days. Everyone makes their uh, bad judgment calls here or there. Uh, and we generally don't hate anyone we're talking about. Uh, but this is just a way. He, all right, he does. But this is just generally a way for us to poke fun at an industry often full of errors. So uh, this week, we've got uh, this one was brought to you by Ryan, I believe. Ryan, <laughs> can you tell us about it? Yeah, sure. Um, so this was just happened uh, something I happened to see on Twitter uh, a couple days ago. And it was a post by uh, Fork Parker, who, if you don't know him, he is the chief financial officer of uh, Devolver Digital, the publisher, uh, who they've done, uh, published a lot of games like Hotline Miami, uh, you know, more recently they've done like Enter the Gungeon and things like that. So he posted this very funny tweet uh, where the Oh, there he goes. He just He's... says, Welp, let's see where this goes, Mr. Fake PC Gamer Reviews Editor. And uh, basically what happened was he received an email from a person who was trying to pretend to be uh, the, the reviews editor of PC Gamer and was trying to get uh, two North American uh, codes to get. So basically he was trying to scam Devolver Digital out of getting free games by pretending to be in the press when he actually wasn't. Uh, and, you know, to be fair, he did do a pretty convincing job where he had a, an email that said at pcgamer.press, uh, which is an unusual email, but, but okay. Uh, so uh, Fork responded to him and said, uh, or do you want to bring up the picture first, Lou? Or? Oh, the picture's already up. Oh, it's already up? Okay, so yes, so his response said, Hi Michael, thanks for reaching out about Enter the Gungeon, which is the game he was trying to get codes for. Uh, excited to see our little game get coverage in your publication and our website. Below are two Steam keys for the game. Hope you think it's better than a 7.8. Thanks. Uh, and then you look at the codes, and it's a bunch of random letters and numbers, but if you look at it really close, it says, Go fuck off. Nice try, asshole. So it was a very, <laughs> uh, it was a very funny, very funny response. Um... Yeah, but obviously that, that's the gist of it. So uh, kind of a funny thing, but also kind of a good look at how, you know, sometimes you can get people like that that try to um, try to scam publishers out of free games. Oh, yeah. by, we, go, yeah. we get a ton of, like, scam mails all, all the time. Like, I, I, I'm not even going to name them all, but there are, there are a few that are quite funny. Some people, some they say, oh, we want to sell your products. We get Nigerian, Nigerian princes or stuff like that as well. <laughs> like... So much stuff. Yeah, uh, we we get a ton of strange mail uh, talking about uh, all the products that we sell uh, and how we have a great fashion blog. People, you know, they, they very <laughs> clearly the don't even take a look at what we do. Um, the best ones that are not exactly scams are, but are still like pretty annoying. Are the ones that want to buy uh, an article on the site. Oh yeah! Like they come out and say, "Oh, we want to. Uh, we have a client. We want position. We want to offer you this article for, and and uh, and we're going to buy, pay you for publishing." And of course, we don't even reply to them because by now it should be clear that we don't really do sponsored sponsored content. Right. But but you know it's mostly normally like shady stuff like casinos, like online casinos and stuff like that. You know, online gambling and. Yeah, sure. Of course, we're going to, going to, to put your article up. Yeah, we'll just I, I'm already running to get it. Right. Yeah. So this I mean, this guy isn't technically in the industry. He's a scammer pretending to be someone in the industry, but it's not that simple. Um, in case you were ever that boneheaded to try and do this, it's not that simple to 
get a review copy of something they do check uh, with your email address. Maybe this has worked for him in the past with small indie devs. It doesn't sound like he was asking for Grand Theft Auto or he was asking for a major Sony release or something. But, you know what, though? What? I can tell... Uh, I think it may actually be possible to do it more successfully with, like, with big publishers at times because they, they get so many requests... The times they are like in a hurry and they just you know churn them out as soon as they, as fast as they can, probably checking less. But probably I, I think indie developers are more likely to actually read through every every email they receive, right? You know, and check. That's my impression. I, I'm not sure. I never tried, and I don't know anyone that tried, so I can't really say. But at times, Lou, uh, just Lou is our review editor. Okay, he's our new review editor, so. Is the one that theoretically people are supposed to speak with uh, for review copies. A lot of time, but uh, I had since is new, the new review editor. I actually sent the mail to a lot of like developers and publishers and stuff and, and whatnot, introducing Lou like a new reviews editor, so that they could after that interface with Lou. Mm -hmm. And if you remember, a lot of the big ones kind of didn't read the mail. And they just sent us the code with the, with, and continued talking with me instead because they just had my, my, my address was the first on top. Right. <laughs> right? Yes. So, it, yeah, I think, I think a, lot of, a lot of big publishers don't really check. Yeah. I may be wrong, especially if they are like third-party third party like, uh, PR agencies. Yeah, it's kind of 50-50. Uh, some, of, some of them don't read it at all and just send you games. Um, so I'm sure he's actually probably exploited some of them. Others, they have a relationship with, uh, there are a few people, if I want to talk to a PR agency, like if I want to get in touch with Nintendo, for instance, I know that Golan Media is the one in charge of that. I have three people I know very well there and I could call, um, if, you know, if I need something, if I have a question about a game, if I can't get past this part and I just need uh, need a hint or something. Uh, not that that has happened, but they there are, you know, relations that you build with these people. And it's not necessarily that easy in a lot of cases. So he was bound to be found out at some point. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm not, definitely not encouraging people to try. <laughs> huh? I'm just saying that I think indie developers are more likely to catch it like Devolver Digital did because probably they care more about reading all the mail you get. Yeah. Because, you know, for an indie developer is much like more harder and more advantageous to get their content reviewed on, on a site, especially a big site, you know? So they, they, they scan every mail hoping to get more reviews out for the games. Yeah. Well, Devolver is pretty big already, so probably pretty well known. But a lot of like super small indie developers, they like read every mail religiously. I, I know someone, I have a friend that works for a, an Italian indie company. And I know he spends like three hours a day just checking the mail, just reading yeah. every single line out of it. Because he really cares and he really wants to get every little chance again. You know? Yeah, definitely. Um, some of the uh, longest conversations I've had with any uh, any person in the industry have generally been indie, develop uh, indie developers because they want to tell their story. Uh, they have more time, and they know that the more personable they are, the uh, the more 
you're likely to cover them or at least, you know, acknowledge acknowledge their product. Um, so the morality is don't try to scam the indies because they are likely to catch you. <laughs> the indies are on top of their shit. All right, so or, any, or anyone for that matter, but yeah, don't don't do it at all. <laughs> don't try to scam any, anyone, but don't think the indies are more vulnerable. That's that's what I meant. <laughs> All right, so let's go very quickly into some upcoming games this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, upcoming this week, uh, we have... And this is as updated of a list as I have. There may have been a game or two added lately, but nothing huge. Uh, on the 8th, we have Dex coming to PS4. We also have Hawken coming to PS4. It was already on Xbox One last week. On uh, July 12th, we have Mobile Suit Gundam Extreme Verse Force coming to uh, Vita. Uh, also on the 12th, Ghostbusters, the new one, to PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Moon Hunters for PS4 and Xbox One. Song of the Deep, speaking of which, GameStop published, uh, PC, PS4, Xbox One. And Seventh Dragon 3, Code VFD for Nintendo 3DS. On July 14th, my birthday, we have Infinium Strike for PC and PS4. And on the 15th, we have Move Love coming to PC. Broken Bots to PS4, Monster Hunter Generations for Nintendo 3DS, and Obliteracers on PS4 and Xbox One. Uh, any of those you guys think you're getting? I think nope. Love Love has the, the best name out of all of those, so <laughs> probably well, just Love by that. Great, actually, actually Love Love, now that I'm actually going to get it sooner or later because I actually love the anime. All right. Uh, uh, it's, it's interesting. It's a visual novel, so it's very niche game. Mm. But... I, yeah, it's it's actually an interesting story. In I'm probably going to get it sooner or later. Uh, it's a nice mecha mecha versus girl story. Hmm. So nice, pretty deep, and and the anime was great. Like the last one they they had, they had two two one recent. Uh, one is Move Love Alternative, and the other one has a very difficult to pronounce name. So I'm not. It's it's a Schwarzen Schwarzen Franken something like that. Okay. Solo, <laughs> help me. You know anime. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's worse than something. Uh, but I, that's that's an anime that I definitely advise people to to watch to to look out to look out for. It's very one. It's very nice. So, I, Move Love is probably the only one between the, this bunch that I'm interested in. Looking at the list, I'm probably going to give Monster Hunter Generations a shot. Um, I always pick those games up and are never good at them and never continue playing after the first few hours. I understand they're great games. I just don't know how to play them yet. Uh, so if anyone wants to help me in the community uh, after my bar exam, that I hold you to that. Also, Song of the Deep, I'm interested to try. Uh, a GameStop-published game, Insomniac-developed game, and a Metroidvania. So uh, at least two of those I'm really interested in. <laughs> Uh, I think it's only like it's like it's only like fifteen bucks too, so probably a good cheap. good try. So yeah. yeah, I remember actually last time. Oh, Dalo has it. He he got the name Schwartz's yeah. Schmarken. Schwartz's Marken. Thank you, Dalo. I knew you knew it. <laughs> I I I know I can count on him. Our watchful protector. Yeah, uh, that's that's a, that's a good one. Watch it, Dalo. I I I can tell you it's a great one. All right. So let's get to the social media plugs. If you want to find Dual Shockers, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram just by looking up Dual Shockers or 
uh, slash dual shockers. You can just find us easy on YouTube. We're youtube.com slash DSTV originals. Meanwhile, if you want to come watch us on Twitch, we're here every Wednesday at 830, or at least they're going to be here every Wednesday at 830 uh, at twitch.tv slash dual shockers live. Come and be part of the show and correct Giuseppe's clearly lacking knowledge of anime. I'm very disappointed. Um, uh, it's, it's knowledge <laughs> of uh, weird uh, German-like uh, anime names. Which uh, I actually, this is actually like one year old, so it's been a while. But yeah, there, there are some really weird names. I don't know, they're running out of imagination lately. <laughs> right. Uh, finally, you can find our round-the-clock news coverage, reviews, features, editorials, and all that good stuff over at DualShockers.com. Thank you, everyone, for watching. You can find me, if you're looking for me ever, on Twitter, at Luke and Taldi. You can find Ryan at, what's your address? Uh, you can find me at Luke Cantaldi. No, I'm kidding. Uh, it's uh, Ryan Lightfoot. Are you two married already? Uh, we're getting there, slowly. Okay. And you can find Giuseppe at... Oh, my God, he's got it this week. <laughs> I actually wrote it because, you know, even if it's actually already written down there, but yeah. Right. All right, well, so thank you. You can follow me and, and, uh, and read the silly things I say. Normally, it's like hating on people or stuff like that. Right. All right. So, yeah, that's everything. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Thank you for listening if you're listening on podcast. We'll see you guys next week, and let's go into the theme song.